my Lanta. Oh, my Lanta. Bowen here, the host of Oh My Lanta. Holy Chalupas, an unofficial Full House, Fuller House podcast. Well, as of today, we will be completing the Fathers and Sons double feature with season four, episode seven, entitled Viva Los Joey, which aired November 2nd, 1990. In this episode, Joey gets the opportunity of a lifetime when he's asked to open for Wayne Newton in Las Vegas. This episode's got a 7.0 out of 10 based on 265 ratings. <laughs> we have Wayne Newton himself guest starring. We have Michael Anthony Rollins playing a comedy club employee. And then we have Arlen Dean Snyder as Joey's father, Colonel Gladstone. The guy looks like he's never laughed or smiled a day in his life. <laughs> Maybe the army just like uh, pushed that out of him. <laughs> okay, so this episode was directed by Joel Zwick. Writers Jeff Franklin, the creator, and Dennis Rensler and Mark Warren. Alright. So, I mean, honestly, if I had to choose between Joe, Joey's father and Jesse's father, Nick Katsopoulos is just stubborn. Joey's father is on a whole other plane entirely of just regimented rigor structure and that's probably how he raised Joey and I'm sure you know I don't know why his parents got divorced but anyway uh, during the season one Thanksgiving episode we find out that he is on his fourth wife what what even is this my goodness oh we got trivia first episode in which Jesse says talk to me when answering the phone this is one of two times when Michelle mysteriously disappears as she wasn't present in any of the Vegas scenes. The same thing happened in season two's Beach Boy Bingo, where she wasn't present during the beach. She ain't going to no Beach Boys concerts. They ain't bringing babies to Beach Boy concerts. Granted, her cries probably wouldn't be heard over the roar of the crowd, but even still, it's like, you don't bring a baby to a concert. You just, you don't do that. You, you, you want to bring her to... I don't know, uh, what's the big kid movie coming out now? Something. There's some kid movie, I'm sure, that's coming out shortly. Um, you take her to, you take her to that. Uh, most likely it was due to child labor laws when these scenes were filmed. You know, very well could have been, or just, it's like, hey, we just feel like the kids really, what are they going to add to the scene? We are, I mean, we did have Michelle flubbing up Wayne Newton's name, calling him Fig Newton. <laughs> the episode is titled after the Wayne Newton song, Viva Las Vegas. Oh, we got goofs. In episode 
Season 1, Episode 15, A Pox in Her House. So, incorrectly regarded as goofs. Joey claims that he's never had the chicken pox and is therefore immune to... Oh! Mmm! Okay. Um, three seasons later, they've debunked this. <laughs> he has never had the chicken pox and is therefore immune to them. However, he gets the chicken pox later in that episode. <laughs> later in that episode. However, in this episode... Colonel Gladstone talks about watching cartoons with Joey when he was three and had the chicken pox. Joey's reaction, you watched cartoons, makes it clear he does not remember this, which is quite believable given that he was only three, and thus grew up believing he was immune to chicken pox. Also, it is possible, although unlikely, to get chicken pox twice. So if that's the case, I got them when I was seven, maybe eight, um, because I lived with my aunt and uncle and their four kids at the time so um yeah odds are I was going to get that <laughs> regardless and apparently according to my aunt I got them very badly to the point where I had chicken pox like in my mouth and I had to go to like the emergency room or something um and the thing is yeah odds are if he did have it he wouldn't remember unless someone specifically told him like oh honey you had chicken pox at three you don't remember because you were three years old that just seems like the younger you are when you get it. I just, but I think there's like a chicken pox vaccine now. I just always kind of considered chicken pox growing up, you know, in a way, looking back on it, as kind of a rite of passage in a way, like you get the chicken pox. Uh, miscellaneous, Jesse says that he's known Joey for four years. This would put their first meeting roughly a year before Pam's death and the start of the show. However, it is established it is an established fact that Danny has known Joey, his best friend, his in his his entire adolescence and adult life, and Jesse's brother-in-law his entire life. So it would be illogical for Joey and Jesse to have never met until they became roommates. It became it may be possible that John Stamos meant to say fourteen years instead of four. Well, I mean, both of the guys I'm sure there were present when DJ was born. So they at least have known each, and they were both present at Pam and Danny's wedding, so yeah, they've known each other for at least over a decade, <laughs> or at least a decade. What doesn't make sense is the fact that there's a six-year age difference between, you know, with Danny and Joey with Jesse, because he's 24 in season one. And Danny turns 30. There's six years age difference. Even when Joey says, Danny, you and Pam ran off and got married when you were 19. Remember how Jesse reacted? He beat you up. And of course, yeah, he was only 13 years old. Oh yeah, if you call a fractured rib beat up. I'm like, wow, that, mmm. <laughs> yeah, we thought Jesse had a temper. Huh? He's had it for years. He gets it from his dad, so... Let's see if there are any user reviews. No, there are none. All right. So, of course, before I officially get into the podcast, I want to let the Tanner newbies, a.k.a. new listeners, who have just jumped aboard the Tanner train, a.k.a. the podcast, want to let you know where you can listen. You can listen on SoundCloud and iTunes. Also, if you've been listening for a while... 
and you want to support the podcast, like every podcast does need support. I don't do Patreon. The only thing I ask is the moment of your time. If you could go to iTunes, search Full House or Fuller House, the Oh My Land of Holy Chalupas podcast will pop up. That way you can follow it so you know what series of episodes I'm doing, because I do a series of episodes each month. They could be based on a character or a time of year, holiday, you name it, or whatever pops out of my creative mind. Also, while you're there, scroll down to where it says leave a review and leave a review. All five-star reviews do help the podcast get noticed by other Full House and Fuller House fans like yourselves. If you'd like to email the podcast, you can do so at omhcfhfhpodcast at gmail.com. Also, the podcast does have a Facebook page where you can also message the podcast there with your full house and fuller house memories, your favorite characters, best episodes, worst episodes. It's like there aren't really any worst episodes. Or even just fun, family-friendly fan fiction. I would love to read some at some point. Because as we know, if you've been listening, you know that 2023, at the end, I will be wrapping up the Full House portion of this podcast. And 2024, I will be wrapping up the Fuller House portion of the podcast. Also, a couple things that do set this podcast apart from other Full House or Fuller House podcasts out there. This is a podcast for ears of all ages. And when I say this, I mean it is available to listen to by anyone of any age. I wanted to make this podcast for families and just anybody who wanted a safe space to be able to hear about the Full House episodes and revel with me as I relive my memories of watching the show or just little fun things that I noticed that I might not have picked up when I watched it in its original viewing when it originally aired. Also, yes, you will not hear any obscene language. You will not hear any F-bombs, H-bombs, S-bombs, any inappropriate talk. None of that stuff. So that being said, without further ado, let's jump into Viva Lost Joey and meet Colonel Gladstone. Oh, boy. (laughs) But, of course, we get to enjoy the adorable cold open, which is usually, like, A scene that's probably like, oh, I'd say like 30 seconds or less of fun additional footage. Sometimes it, you know, goes along with the episode itself. Sometimes it's just kind of in its own universe, doing its own thing. Just an an additional sweet scene. So let's, let's get into that. This is cute. So of course we got Jesse. Singing an Elvis song I've never heard of before. Maybe he's making up his own lyrics as he's... I guess he's getting breakfast ready or something because he's got a pan. I don't know whether that was supposed to be a pancake or something. And he's got those, like... It's like this salt and... Some other type of pepper, like cracked pepper or something in those big shaker things. And he... (laughs) It's like, yeah, you comment, do I got it or do I got it? And I like how he goes and flips the pan up and hopes that it'll, when he flips it upside down, it'll go on the plate and, of course, lands on the floor directly in front of Comet. And being that Comet is a dog, of course he's going to take advantage of it. Like, free food! And Jesse says, no, you got it. 
Michelle comes into the kitchen and she's in the doorway and says, Uncle Jesse, I have an owie. Aww. So I think she's just fibbing. He puts her up on the kitchen counter and says, All right, Shorty, where's it hurt? And she points to her, her arm just below her shoulder and says, Right here, I need a big bird. So clearly she just wants a Band-Aid. It sounds like in Fuller House Season 5, I think it's Season 4 or 5, where Jesse's daughter Pamela has these little, like, I think it's like a bite mark or something, and he goes on a tirade of her playgroup thinking, which one of these ankle biters bit my daughter? Turns out she just likes the Band-Aids. So she was self-inflicting bite marks just to get band-aids or something to that regard gosh remember I, I mean i'm sure they do that nowadays for kids i don't know what the cartoon characters are when it comes to band-aids but definitely i remember like peanuts snoopy maybe garfield muppet babies possibly smurfs stuff like that i remember once I can't remember how much these things cost, but they were neon-colored Band-Aids. Probably twice as expensive as regular Band-Aid Johnson & Johnson brand, but I wanted them anyway. And my dad got them for me. Granted, I was a teenager by that, but I mean, they looked cool. Oh yeah, remember when Band-Aids used to come in those metal tins? Because you hear him pop the top on it. Uh, so he's like, oh, where's it hurt again? And she points to her other, just above her elbow, right here. And I'm sure he's like, um, I thought it was your other arm. You just want a Band-Aid. He's like, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but didn't the owie just jump arms? Michelle says, owies are very tricky. That's pretty much it. That is the cold open. Sometimes they're separate from the actual plot, but this one actually continues after the intro. I'm like, oh, this is wild. I like that. It doesn't happen all the time, but once in a while, it does. And it's just cute. So the phone rings. Jesse sets Michelle down at the little table in the kitchen with her coloring book. Goes, grabs the phone and says, talk to me. And of course, he's like, oh, okay. Joey, it's your agent, and no, first he's like, Joey, the phone's for you, and Joey says, I'm busy, and then Jesse says, it's your agent. Why wouldn't, we know that they have a studio 
or as far as, well, it's mainly Joey's apartment, but it's also uh, half of J&J Creative Services workspace. And he's got a phone down there. Why in the world? There, I mean, let's see how many separate phone lines we got. We got Jesse's. We got the Tanner House. We got DJ's. We got Joe. So that's like four different separate phone lines. And then later when Jesse and Becky are in the attic, they, again, most likely got their own phone line. I'm just like... Good God. Well, yeah, and then again, when TJ moves into the other room, she's got her phone line, and then Stephanie and Michelle have a phone of their own in, like, season six. I'm like, what is going on? How many phone lines can this house have? So, Joey's got big, exciting news. Like, oh, my God. Yeah, his his uh agent's name is Eddie, and he's got amazing news for Joey. Joey's like, oh, my gosh, you're kidding. He's like, hold on a second. Just guess what? The Aronson chimps have lice. They're infested with lice. And I'm like, oh, well, that sucks for them. <laughs> and Jesse has this look like, okay, this affects me not at all. And I'm supposed to pretend to care. <laughs> but Joey's like, no, 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 there's more, there's more. Um, it's, it's a charity benefit in Las Vegas. Thanks to the lice, I'm taking the chimps' place. And Jesse says, uh, just don't use their comb. Yeah, if those chimps were there, you gotta disinfect that whole place. We don't want anyone else getting lice. Because I'm sure, I mean, I've never had it, but I'm sure it's very unpleasant. See, and the fact that <laughs> Joey's agent must not have anything else, any other clients right now, because he's just hanging out on the line while Joey, who could have waited until the phone call was completely completed, to relay this info to Jesse. Because then he'll have to relay it to everyone else. And Joey says, and he gets, okay, okay, I'll be on the next plane. And then he's like, what? Really? He is so pumped. He is so jazzed. Oh my goodness. There's more good news. I mean, honestly, it's like he won the lottery, won his dream, bought his dream car and dream house with his dream job all in the same day. This is like his one of the greatest things that probably will ever happen to Joey. And uh, the fact that I'm just thinking of in Fuller House, he's supposedly headlining in Vegas. And I'm just like, so many, so many uh, doubts in my head. Like, oh, I can only imagine what his comedy would be at that point in time in 2016. Because we know his comedy in the 90s is all stuff that's, Stuff he grew up with in the 60s and the 70s and stuff like that. With the Bullwinkle and the Popeye and the and, and the whatnot. It's just all those references that kids in the 90s probably aren't going to really get. You want, you want to laugh at something you're familiar with. Bart Simpson in the 90s. Boom. There you go. So he's hugging Jesse saying, this is the happiest day of my life. And Jesse's like cradling Joey's head to his chest. Danny comes in and clearly is like, clearly I missed a lot here before I walked in. No, he says, uh, you guys want to be alone? Joey says, no, you came at a great time, Danny. And I love how as Joey is moving towards Danny, Jesse hops up on the counter just boom <laughs> yes 
Joey is playing Vegas. That was a little thing that he left out other than the monkeys with the lice. Of course, he didn't say that he's opening for a certain special somebody who's a guest star in this episode. And <laughs> no, it's not Willie Nelson. It's Wayne freaking Newton. Not Fig Newton, like Michelle calls him. <laughs> I just love when she has to relay that information to DJ and Stephanie. She's like something about lice and monkeys <laughs> and Fig Newton. <laughs> so Michelle is like, oh, way to go, dude. And then she turns and what's Vegas? I'm like, well, sweetie, you were. Well, that was like Tahoe. That wasn't exactly Vegas. Because they're in Reno, Nevada at the end of season two. So, yeah, not the same thing. So, and Danny is just, he's happy for you. Joey, that's always been your dream to play in Vegas. I mean, I mean, aside from the Charlie's Angels reunion. I'm like, well, thinking about it, I mean, what? There's that Charlie's Angels movie with Drew Barrymore, Lucy Liu, and Cameron Diaz that came out in, like, the early aughts. But that's not the same thing. They wouldn't even be able to have a reunion now. I mean, let me see. I mean, we know Fair Fawcett has passed on, and she was one of those Charlie's Angels. Um, let's see. Charlie's Angels. Oh, my gosh. There was a 2019 Charlie's Angels remake with Naomi Scott, Kristen Dunst, and some other lady. <laughs> oh, 2000 as Charlie's Angels with Cameron Diaz, Lucy Liu, and Drew Barrymore. And then 19 years later, we get another one. Oh, my gosh. Okay, so Kate Jackson, Farrah Fawcett, and Jacqueline Smith. Wait, is that? Who is that? All right. Who are all these other ladies? Who are the ladies? Let me see. There's Farrah Fawcett. We can tell that's her. Um... Some other lady with blackish hair and then someone with dark brown hair. Wait a minute, there's a picture. Hold on. Um, Kate Jackson, okay. Jacqueline Smith, maybe she's the other one. She's still alive. And Jacqueline Smith is also still alive. So two-thirds of the, um, the Charlie's Angels people are still there. Anyway, moving on. Danny's tie, actually, some of it does match his shirt. Finally, he's got a he's got a dark gray suit jacket. He's got a royalish blue, maybe not royal, but maybe cobalt, cobalt or whatever the color is, that blue color. And he's got this this tie that's kind of a cream white with some like fern, viner, fern type of some foliage or vegetation or whatever. Um, black and then kind of a different shade of blue. But this one actually does go good. I, he, it just seems like sometimes his suits just, they don't, the ties, the shirt, and the suit just are just, uh, they're so off-putting because they don't even, they clash more than coordinate. Yeah, so not only is Joey making his Las Vegas debut, he's opening for Wayne Newton. And Joey, of course, in season four, we get a lot of this in like season six, seven, and eight, where he wears like the denim shirts with like animal patterns. This one here, he's got a denim, sh kind of a white, um, 
display blue shirt with uh, armadillos across the front. Danny is so fanboying here with, oh my gosh, I hope you back. Joey, tell me all about Wayne. Well, he hasn't met him yet. He doesn't know anything other than what you, and again, the whole Jesse jumping up onto the countertop as Joey and Danny race after, down the steps to help him, <laughs> just interesting. Yes, Wayne knew Elvis. Good for him. That's awesome. So here come DJ and Steph, and they're like, oh, hey, what's happening, Michelle? Well, it sounds like we missed a lot of excitement. They probably heard Joey like, I'm going to Vegas, I'm in for Lake Newton. Michelle says, Joey's opening in Fig Newton in Vegas. And Michelle, Stephanie is just like, what did you say? And the monkeys have lice. That's pretty much what she got from this whole conversation. And Stephanie tells her, you know, Michelle, I think you're a little mi mixed up. Michelle says, oh, no, I'm very mixed up. We're like, you know, we're just going to go downstairs and see what's going on and get the news for ourselves. All three of them are all like, let's go downstairs and find out. chimps are infested with lice. <laughs> well, wait, there's more. See, there's this big charity benefit in Las Vegas, and thanks to the lice, I'm taking the chimps' place. Just don't use their comb. <laughs> right. Betty? Yeah, I'll be on the next plane. Really? Oh, thanks. Yes! Oh, this is, this is the happiest day of my life. You guys want to be alone? No, you came at a great time. Danny, tomorrow night, I'm playing Vegas. Joey, that's great. Way to go, dude. Let's Vegas. Joey, playing Vegas. That's always been your dream. Not counting the one about the Charlie's Angels reunion. Not only am I making my Las Vegas debut, but I'm opening for Wayne Newton. Oh, yeah. I got to go pack. I'll go with you. Tell me more about Wayne. Hey, you know, Wayne knew Elvis. Really? <laughs> hey, what's happening, Michelle? Joey's opening in Fig Newton in Vegas. <laughs> what did you say? And the monkeys have life. <laughs> Michelle, I think you're a little mixed up. No, I'm very mixed up. <laughs> So now we're downstairs in Joey's basement apartment, and he's got his suitcase open on his bed. And, of course, just like the pilot, he's got every piece of clothing he owns basically wrapped in both his arms, like in a big bear hug. And he just drops it all into this open suitcase. And Danny says, Joey, allow me to uh, pack for you. Like, let me fold these for you. I'm like, Joey, you're about to go to Las Vegas to open for Wayne Newton. Wearing wrinkled Hawaiian shirts or crazy kooky shirts. 
that are wrinkled, mind you, is not a good impression. Nearly every other possible backup act that they this place had to open for Wayne Newton either canceled, died, got sick, or just I left the country. I, I don't know. I mean, I'm not saying Joey's not a good comedian. It's just... Eh, his humor, it's just, it's very dated. Like, anyone, like, 21 and older is probably not gonna... I mean, I'm sure they'll laugh for, you know, courtesy's sake, but... So DJ and Stephanie come down with Michelle, and it's like, oh my gosh, Joey, you're going to Vegas? It's like, oh yeah, some monkeys got lice, and I am opening up for Wayne Newton. I gotta fly there tonight for a rehearsal. And Michelle's like, is that what I said? <laughs> Doesn't sound like what I said. Of course, I mean, honestly, you see an opportunity to go to Vegas, oh my gosh, can you imagine if they pulled the, uh, the old uh, Alibaba Hotel Casino trick with the gambling. And the girls, you know, the last time we took a trip that had uh, slot machines, we ran into an issue that almost got us kicked out of the hotel. I really, <laughs> I don't know. You know what? Why not? Oh, come on, Steph. You're laying it on a little thick. She's like, please, please, please. I never want anything more in my short little life. You're like, yeah, right. You girls know Wayne Newton. He just seems like an entertainer that they would have. I mean, Grandy and Phil were like new kids on the block. Paula Abdul, Michael Jackson. If he, if Joey were reporting for one of them, I could definitely see them be like, oh, I want to go so bad. Really, even DJ has to jump in there like, Steph, way too overdramatic. Calm it just a bit. Oh, Stephanie says, so, we going or what? So, apparently, Danny lets us know where all the they've gone as a family. They've seen the towering redwoods, which of course are in California, and they're in the same state, so, you know. And they've seen the Grand Canyon, so they've been to Arizona. And Danny says, oh, what the hey, we may as well go see the world's largest slot machine. No mention of season two's finale with the whole, you cost Joey $100,000. It just sounds like so much fun. I've never been to Vegas. I don't know. I'm not really into gambling. And I know a lot of people that have like, well, there's more to it than just that. If you're not into gambling, there's shows. The food is amazing from what I hear. Just so many amazing attractions. I've never been to Planet Hollywood. Um, wait, I think there was one at Universal Studios in Florida. That was back in 09. I'm sure things are much better now. So, of course, Jesse's like, hey, you know, Joey, this is the big time for you. Why don't you call your mom? See if she can fly down and see you. You know, this is, you know, you're on stage opening for Wayne Newton. And Joey says, you know, I mean, I'm sure my mom would love to come and see me, but I mean, she can't. She's goofy. And Danny and the girls look at Joey confused. Seriously, Jesse, his line of, Joey, that's a terrible thing to say about your mother. Really? I could think of a few other things that would be a thousand times worse. But Joey clarifies, like, no, she actually, she plays Goofy at Disney World, so uh, she can't. Yeah, not to mention, she lives in Florida. She'd have to hightail it in a plane to 
California, like all, like from one corner of the U.S. all the way to the other end. So, of course, she's, I mean, we've seen Joey's mom in season one, episode four, Return of the Grandmas, or Grandma, or whatever. And she is just as kooky as Joey. So I can imagine, I mean, that's her heart's desire. It's just entertaining children. And really see where Joey got his love to entertain and everything was from his mom. And Jesse's response, like, okay, I get it. Your mom's in a dog suit. Um, why don't you invite your dad? So Jesse doesn't really know the history in regards to Joey and his father's relationship, just how strained it is, and clearly they don't talk. When we got a glimpse of Joey's father in the Miracle of Thanksgiving episode in season one, he mentioned his dad is on, like, his fourth wife, and I'm just like, fourth wife after Joey's mom, or what? Because, Wow. He is running through them like water. Wow, Joey actually considers, like, you know, it would be really great if the colonel could come and see my, uh, you know, if he could make it. But, you know, he's never seen my stand-up act. I just, they didn't get, they don't get along from what Danny says. So why would Joey even want to entertain the idea of his dad being there? I mean, we, when we see Joey's dad, he is like the, like, someone who has never cracked a smile in their life. Like, their face would break from even a twitch or twinge of a smile. And he said, uh, he probably couldn't make it. I mean, isn't he a retired colonel? Oh, Joey goes over, oh, nicely packed suitcase. Thank you, Danny. Joey immediately starts rifling through it, throwing all this nice, packed, folded stuff. I bring my tube socks. Throw Chuck's things. He's got his folded Detroit Red Wings jersey ready to go we head over to the stairs where dj and stephanie are sneakily going up the stairs dj's got a plan i've got an idea and stephanie says i love it when you talk sneaky <laughs> yeah they're going to go and try to invite joey's father like as a surprise for joey girls if joey wanted his father to be there he would have made the call himself he would have taken the time and made the effort to make that phone call. I get it when they have good intentions, but sometimes you gotta let adults be adults and do and work stuff out for themselves. Joey, allow me the pleasure of folding these for you, okay? Hey, Joey, are you going to Las Vegas? Yep, I'm flying in for a rehearsal tonight. Some monkeys got lice and I'm opening for Wayne Newton. Is that what I said? <laughs> hey, Dad, can we go see Joey in Las Vegas? Please, please, please. I've never wanted anything more in my short little life. Steph, way too overdramatic. You're right. So, we go on or what? Well, let's see. We've seen the towering redwoods and the majestic Grand Canyon. What the heck? We might as well go see the world's largest slot machine, huh? Thank you. It's the big time, man. You better call your mom. Oh, I'm sure my mom would love to come and see me, but she can't. She's goofy. Joey, that's a terrible thing to say about your mother. No, no, I mean, she's really goofy at Disney World. No, she, she wears the, the big head, the floppy shoes. Kids love her. Okay, so your mom's in a dog suit. 
Why don't you invite your dad, or is he Ronald McDonald? Well, it'd be so great if my dad could come. You know, the colonel's never seen my stand-up back. Uh, he probably couldn't make it. Did I pack my lucky tube socks? What a great idea. I love it when you talk sneaky. Uh, Joey, invite your dad. I've known you four years, I still haven't met the guy yet. Look, the truth is, ever since my folks split up, we just don't get along, okay? So let's just drop it. Come on, you guys, it's a big shot for me. I gotta focus on my comedy. Hey, speaking of that, maybe this can help you. I just heard a brand new joke. It's a great one, okay? Uh, an Eskimo, a Viking, and a Scotsman walk into a bar. Wait a minute, maybe it was a tanning salon. It, it doesn't matter. Anyway, there's this fourth guy. Or was it a leprechaun? I don't know. He, I think he was green. I'm not sure. <laughs> he's like, anyway, come on. He's, he's so after the girls leave, because they miss out on this very important piece of information, and Jesse's like, come on, Joey, invite your dad. I'm sure he'd love it. Like, and this is where we get irritated, Joey. It's like, look, my dad and I don't get along. We haven't spoken in years, and I really feel this would be a dis- I gotta focus on my comedy. This is big time for me. I cannot have any distractions. And I really, <laughs> yeah, he's like, can we just drop this? I don't want to talk about my dad right now. And the, yeah, Avery's just like, man, it's been four years that we've known each other, and I still have not met the guy. It's like, well, you probably never will. <laughs> if you wanted to talk about his dad, you would have heard about him in the last four years. Clearly, he doesn't, so, yeah. But then again, Danny's met him, because Danny has known Joey since they were, like, 10, 12 years old. Danny has a joke to... He really wants Joey to throw, like, I got something great that would work great for your act. It's a joke about a Scotsman and a Viking and a, a Eskimo or something. They go to a bar or tannings. Why does every joke start with a blah, 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 a blah, and a boo, 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 all walk into a bar? It's always a bar. Why is it always got to be a bar? Ugh. Because Danny's like, well, maybe it's a tanning salon. And then we see <laughs> Jesse, like, kind of, like, tiptoeing away. He's, like, kind of crooking his finger. And Michelle, come on. Get out of here. <laughs> no, we don't need to hear this joke. You're stupid anyway. So <laughs> we're up in the girls' room. And they, I don't know how they got Joey's father's phone number. Because you know that Joey would not willingly give that out. Unless it was for, like, oh, in case of an emergency, if something happens to Joey, here's his in case of emergency call, contact, like his mom, his mom, his, his father, I think that's pretty much it, um, except for the people that live in the house. Anyway, so she gets the answering machine, and she's like, it's his answering machine. And she refers to herself as his personal assistant, like, sweetie. You are a teenager. You are nobody's personal assistant or personal secretary. Oh, my goodness. I mean, this is no different than if she tried to pull off being his agent or something to that effect. Girl, you really should have rehearsed what you wanted to say ahead of time in case you did. I mean, can you imagine if she had actually gotten him on the phone? What? Would she? Here she's, like, trying to come up with a name. Janet Abdul, because she's got a Janet Jackson and Paula Abdul posters behind her headboard. 
So she tells the answer machine, Joey asked me to invite you to Vegas tomorrow. He'll be appearing with Wayne Newton. Stephanie like rips the phone out of DJ's hand and says, he really, really, really wants you to be there. And DJ's like, Steph, I'm his personal secretary. Who the heck are you? And then we get a little look around. Hmm, I gotta come up with a name. Barbie doll. And then she looks over, sees Mr. Bear on the bed. Barbie doll and bear. I'm like, oh my goodness gracious sake. Uh, girls, don't call people you don't know. Don't, just save yourself the headache. Because this is just, they're going to ambush Joey. He's He even said, like, I can't focus on my relationship with, or lack of relationship with my father right now. I need to focus on opening for Wayne Newton. Because Stephanie wants to feel included. Like, I, I love Joey too. <laughs> this is his other secretary. Barbie doll and bear. Girl, you don't sound any more like his personal secretary than DJ does. Like, oh, these are children. Do I have grandkids that I don't know about? <laughs> that man could... No, <laughs> he would not live long enough to see those grandkids. If I'm still under the impression that those are not Joey's kids, that they are Ginger's children, and he married her and adopted his adopted her for her four kids is what I'm going with. No way are those his flesh and blood. Because if Joey's taking DNA responsibility for those four gremlin children, then there's no hope for the world. <laughs> she says, hope to see you there, Colonel Gladstone. Does not tell him what time the show is going to... It's, it's not like they have the internet like, let me hop on Google, type in Wayne Newton and oh, didn't even tell what hotel he's going to be at. Or what put, oh my goodness. And I, I don't, I don't know what kind of music Colonel Gladstone listens to. I doubt it's Wayne Newton. Yeah, DJ hangs up and says, can't wait to see you there. And then she hangs up and looks at Stephanie and says, next time let me do the talking. Well, DJ, you were, you were not ready to make that phone call. That's the thing. Sometimes it's best to rehearse what you're going to say, especially if you're talking to somebody you don't know. I mean, you could be, this could be no different than like, oh, I'm going to call up my crush. I mean, not that they do that nowadays, but back in the day, back when, um, you know, 90s, 80s, what have you. Sure, that's what you did. Yeah, maybe you wrote stuff down, like, here's some talking points. Here's some suggestive conversation pieces that we could, you know, <laughs> who the heck does that? Who does that? <laughs> yeah, and this time let me do the talking, Miss Doll and Bear. And of course, Stephanie says, Lighten up, Ms. Abdul. He's not home, it's his answering machine. Hello, Colonel Gladstone. This golfing. is Joy Gladstone's personal secretary. Uh, Janet Abdul. <laughs> Joey asked me to invite you to Las Vegas tomorrow night, where he will be appearing with Wayne Newton. He really, really, really wants you to be there. Stephanie, if I'm his personal secretary, who the heck are you? Hello, this is his other personal secretary. Uh, Barbie Doll. And... And Bear. Barbie Doll and Bear. Thank you, Barbie. Hope to see you there, Colonel Gladstone. Next time, let me do the talking.
Miss Dollenbear. Lighten up, Miss Abdul. So we have a bit of footage here. Someone clearly flew out, drove out to Las Vegas, and just took a lot of footage of the outside of the casinos, and it's just really, it's cool. I, I think it is cool. Sounds like Jesse singing Viva Las Vegas in an Elvis voice. Oh, I see a McDonald's. And you know what's funny is some of these I've seen, I think it was like the Four Queens or whatever it is. I remember from Honey, I Blew Up the Kid, the movie. So we do see a marquee that says Wayne in red, white, and blue. We see his image. And we see featuring tonight, Joey Gladstone. And Joey is standing, he's just throwing his arms out like, yes, you guys, how great is this? And just the family just surrounds him and hugs him. And congratulations, like this is big time. Joey's got to have, or Danny's got to have that camcorder. <laughs> and again, Michelle, of course, did not come because, well, I really don't think that she would get too much out of it. She's still a little young. We see a velvet, uh, velvet roped off area. Danny is with the girls, and there's a whole bunch of people behind him. Somebody in a cowboy hat. We even see on a like a easel standee a picture of Elvis, and. My goodness, it just makes me feel, not of Elvis, I'm sorry guys, of Wayne Newton. So, and it just, it looks like one of those easels that has a portrait of someone like at someone's funeral and it just feels wrong somehow, <laughs> I don't know. But again, the set dressers only pretty much just had what they had to work with. And somebody's like, oh my gosh, look at all these people lined up to see Joey, and I'm like, uh, I think Wayne Newton's got a big lot to deal with it. They're probably all like, who's Joey Gladstone? Are we gonna sit through him before we can get to Wayne? Because DJ says, I think Wayne Newton may have a tiny bit, and she holds her thumb and index finger like an inch apart, and he may have a tiny bit to do with it. I'm sure most people, like I said, are probably wondering, like, who's Joey Gladstone? How did... Jesse, get ahead of them. He's like, oh my gosh, guys, you gotta check this out. And he's like, save our places, please. Well, if they can't go, why are you allowed to go? Because you're family of the opening act, I guess? Because Jesse is so, oh my gosh, I think, and I know I'm biased because my favorite color is red, but I think Jesse is going to win for best outfit. He's got the, like, burgundy-ish red suit jacket and matching pants and just oh they're amazing of course jesse he takes a velvet rope and says oh thank you sir for your cooperation a shrine to elvis do they pull some of the stuff from like graceland uh, and ship it up here or maybe it's just that elvis performed there i don't know but he's going through all of his stuff just the family the girls really, I mean, I'm sure they, they hear a lot of Elvis, and they're probably elvis out by now. <laughs> as much as Jesse plays his music, sings his music, and walks, talks, and acts like him, they're elvis out like no one's business. So they really good girls. Jesse's like, all right, this is, it's like he's their own personal Elvis tour, tour guy. Here's his jumpsuit, his guitar, whole, a whole statue of Elvis. Oh my gosh, yeah, he's talking about when he first saw Elvis, he was about Steph's age, so right around nine. 
You got to see Elvis in person. That is so cool. And, of course, Jesse puts an arm around DJ. He's like, oh, my gosh. When Elvis took the stage, just the music and everything. And he starts reenacting and singing the music as they start letting guests go through in front of him. DJ just looks uncomfortable. Like, Uncle Jesse, I really, I love you, but I don't care. Come on, Steph, do you even have to ask that? Is he going to sing an Elvis song in front of all these people? It's like, oh, I, I can guarantee he's going to sing an Elvis song in front of everybody. He's already acting kooky. Yeah, and DJ says, I see his lips starting to curl. I love it! As They're letting people through, walk past Jesse and the girls and Danny. He's like, everybody sing along. They're joining in. And he does this big finish. Everyone's applauding him. I'm just like, I am here for it. It's just, it's adorable. It's funny. Jesse just being Jesse is wacky Elvis loving self. My goodness, look at all the, <laughs> all the people that are behind the velvet rope are all applauding and laughing. This is Lady with the dark hair and the blue dress walks past, but then we see her back behind the, the velvet rope, and I'm like, I'm confused. We <laughs> see Danny going, thank you very much, Jesse. Like, Jesse's supposed to think it's like Elvis speaking to him from beyond the grave. He's standing right in front of the statue. It's like, nah, couldn't be, could it? Jesse points to the statue and says, like, did you guys hear that? Oh, Danny, this is cringe for her. And he's like, of course I heard it, boy. I just said it. And he does a, uh, I don't know, it's just. Danny Danny trying to do Elvis is just cringeworthy to the max. Check this out. Save our place, please. Thank you for cooperation. Nice ring. This is it. This is the shrine to Elvis. All right. This is jumpsuit, guitar, the whole statue. This is great, girls. I remember the first time I saw Elvis. <laughs> Steph, I was your age. And I'm sitting in the audience, and I, I feel the energy and the excitement. And the music started, right? Bum, bum, bum. You're gonna sing an Elvis song in front of all these people. I see his lips starting to curl. And he got a spotlight hit him. Oh, since my baby left, I finally played the drill. I got the legs going down a thick of lonely street. I'll break out too. Everybody sing along. I get so lonely, baby. I get so lonely. I get so lonely. I can die. Thank you very much, Jesse. Did you guys hear that? Of course I heard it, boy. I just said it. <laughs> Don't be cruel. Joey's got a really cool dressing room. It's got a nice long couch. It's got a recliner in it. There's just so much space. 
So when Joey goes to open the door, DJ says, Joey Gladstone fan club. Aww. Now that we see more of Joey's, <clears throat> excuse me, Joey's dressing room, we see the long couch, we see two chairs, we see an armoire, which is like a, and it just, it makes me think a little of like, um, the cabinet wardrobe to Narnia. <laughs> Without the fancy, um, carvings on the front. Oh, yeah, there's a wet bar, too. Oh, there's also bananas, which I guess were left for the chimps. There's a coffee table. So Joey asks, how's the crowd out there? And Stephanie tells him, the place was packed. Everyone was chanting, we want Wayne. We want Wayne. And I like how Jesse adds, right after Joey. Right after Joey. <laughs> so, apparently, Joey's very nervous because he's like, I'm sweating like an aardvark in a sweater, so I'm going to go blow dry my shirt. Oh, my goodness. Temperature in the room is too high. I think it's just, it's just nerves. Oh, you know, Jesse is taking advantage of that comfy couch. He jumps up and lands on it. <laughs> Oh, and here we go. Stephanie lets the cat out of the bag. She's like, oh, hey, Dee, should we save an extra seat for Joey's dad? Extra seat at the table for Joey's dad. And then Danny, of course, yeah, neither he nor Jesse, let alone Joey, have any idea these girls have done this. Because Danny asked Joey's dad, like, excuse me, what's going on? This is news to me. And DJ explains how it was supposed to be a surprise. We left a message for Joey's dad for him to uh, come and see the show. And I like what Danny says here. He says, girls, you should not have called Colonel Gladstone without my, or Mr. Gladstone without my permission. Because again, yes, they don't know the rocky relationship that Joey has with his dad. So Danny starts throwing out some references like Joey's dad and he are kind of like oil and vinegar and he's like wait no that would be salad dressing oh they're no, no wait they're more like oil and mayonnaise he's like wait no there is oil in mayonnaise so Jesse eventually jumps in and says what your dad is trying to say is Joey and his dad don't get along they haven't spoken in years yeah Jesse says let me save us an hour this is, uh, <laughs> Joey comes out, he says, I'm cool, I'm dry, and my chest hair has never been fluffier. Uh, Joey, TMI, we don't need to hear about your chest hair and how fluffy it is, okay? Thank you. So there's a knock at the door, and Joey says, oh my gosh, this is my favorite part. This is where the stage manager comes in and says, two minutes to showtime, Mr. Gladstone. Although it's not the stage manager, it, manager, it is Colonel Gladstone. Rarely anybody except for Jesse refers, and it's on a rare occasion that Jesse refers to Joey as Joseph. It's like when, when jo Jesse is like either trying to be serious with Joey or Jesse's irritated with Joey, he's like Joseph. But as Joey sees his dad, his dad comes in and says Joseph. Joey immediately assumes position, like that's probably how he had. Well, Joey's an only child. 
so he had them line up like soldiers, apparently. I'll be right there. I'm coming, I'm coming. Big room. Joey Glassman Fan Club. Hey, come on in, you guys. Ooh. Wow, very impressive. Big wet bar. Classy Vegas furniture. Ooh, nice big bowl of bananas. Those were for the chimps. How's the crowd out there? The place is packed. They were all chanting, We want Wayne! We want Wayne! Right after Joey. Right after Joey. <laughs> hey, listen, guys, it's almost showtime, and I'm sweating like an aardvark in a sauna. I'm gonna go blow dry my shirt. I'll be right back. DJ, should we save an extra seat at the table for Joey's dad? Joey's dad? Well, it was supposed to be a surprise. We left a message for Joey's dad inviting him to the show. Girls, you shouldn't have called Colonel Gladstone without my permission. Joey and his dad are like oil and vinegar. <laughs> but that would be salad dressing. <laughs> They're more like oil and mayonnaise. Actually, there is oil in mayonnaise. <laughs> Let me say this an hour. Joey and his dad don't get along. I'm cool, I'm dry, and my chest hair has never been fluffier. <laughs> I got it. This is my favorite part, you guys. This is where the stage manager comes in and says, two minutes till showtime, Mr. Gladstone. Hello, Joseph. Dad. So Joey, of course, is confused to see his dad there. He's like, Dad, what are you doing here? And Colonel Gladstone, I'm just going to call him his father. His father says, Oh, I got a message that said you really, really, really wanted me to be here. If I remember, I never called you. <laughs> I never, I've not spoken to you in years, so it wasn't for me. Yeah, and Joyce like, oh, you did? And, <laughs> well, Mr. Gladstone, um, other than looking like a block of ice or <laughs> with a heart of stone, um, He's like, oh, I thought it was rather cute having your uh, pers two personal secretaries uh, leave me a message on my answering machine. There was uh, Miss Janet Abdul and Miss Barbie Dollenbear. <laughs> oh my gosh! How would you want to bet? He was sitting in the room with the answering machine going off, and he just hears the message like, hmm, and a little, little smile on his like, hmm, oh, that's creative, oh, that's cute, hmm. But then again, I mean, honestly, it's not like either of them has made the attempt to reach out to the other one over the years. I mean, his father made the effort. Like, if he really didn't want to see Joey, he wouldn't have. I don't even know where this man lives. My guess is Florida, because, uh, or maybe California. I just, I picture him as a man who likes to golf, because it just seems like, the over 60 crowd uh, are golf. My dad was really, even before he hit retirement age, he was definitely a golfer. Well, uh, DJ says, oh, uh, outside of the office, they, they call me DJ. Of course, he does not have the idea. You had, he had, he had no idea. It's like, yeah, I'm having the idea that you didn't know about this. It's like, well, of course not. <laughs> what, have you been as surprised when he opened the door? Probably not. 
And Jimmy says, well, I, uh, and DJ jumps in and says, well, I'm, I'm sorry. I just, I, I thought it would be a nice, uh, fun surprise, <laughs> maybe. And of course, Jimmy's like, well, <laughs> I am definitely surprised. <laughs> He's like, well, you fun surprised me. <laughs> like, way to go, Deej. You really shouldn't have done this. And of course, you know that Jesse and Danny are saying this, like, girls, why don't we give the two of them some time to um, talk with each other? And of course, before we get to that, Joey immediately like, shifting focus over to Danny. Uh, Dad, you remember Danny, right? He used to come over to the house a lot. And of course, <laughs> Joey's dad says, oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, I remember you, skinny kid, clean shoes. Danny says, you're my inspiration, sir. And he salutes Joey's dad. Spit and polish. Oh, my goodness. And Danny doesn't need a hint. <laughs> He's like, oh, here's a helpful hint. With a little more polish, you can use, avoid using any of that icky spit. One wants saliva-coated boots or shoes. Gross. So he's like, oh, okay, Danny, that's great. Uh, yeah, Dad, look, this is my partner, my best buddy, and my partner in advertising. So he shakes Jesse's hand and says, nice to meet you, son. Put on a tie. And Jesse says, yeah, nice to meet you, sir. And no. Like, does his outfit in any way indicate that it should have a tie? No, it doesn't. Gosh, I'm trying to think of the times that Jesse even wore a tie on the show. Maybe, I would think, like, maybe for some advertising campaigns and stuff, you know, when they're presenting to uh, ad exec, but even then, I don't think. Danny was the one who wore the ties. So, Jesse heads to the door, and Danny hustles the girls. Like, Come on, girls, let's get let Joey and his dad get reacquainted, and let's get to our table. Yeah, we don't want to miss Joey's show. And Stephanie says, but Joey's right here. And Danny says, oh, good point. I'll think of a better excuse on the way. <laughs> oh, Jesse with the peace sign as <laughs> he's walking out the door. Funny, funny. So someone turned down the temperature after that door closed because, boy, oh, boy, does this scene get icy. Mainly from Joey's dad. <laughs> Joey's like, Dad, I, I can't believe you're here. And this is Joey's father's response. I can't believe I'm here either. I'm like, dude, no one forced your hand to come there, okay? They didn't. If you didn't want to come, you could have ignored, ignored that message and stayed home with your fourth or fifth wife. Speaking of wives, what's up with the little... You still married to number four or have you moved on to five? You know that these wives are clearly going to be all trophy wives. they got to be at least, like, 25, 30 years old. He got it. Joey got any, um, any step-siblings or any half-siblings that we know about? We never learn it. We never learn it. And his dad adds, especially since you didn't invite me. And Joey gets defensive. He's like, well, you can't blame me for not inviting you because I've been doing stand-up for 11 years and not once have you come out to see any of my shows. So his dad must live in California or somewhere nearby. Yeah, he's like, I've been doing stand-up for 11 years and you've never seen me work. And here, his dad is like, <laughs> you call that work? Really? 
you call telling jokes work? So he starts saying about Joseph, you were a smart young man. You could have went to West Point. You could have done a lot more with yourself. Done something important. You mean important in Mr. Bladstone's eyes. Here's it again, just like with Jesse and his father. Their parents don't support their dreams and what they do for a living. Even Jesse said, it's like, well, I'll never support your interest in music, but I'll always have your back. Doesn't make a lot of sense. But again, it just feels the same thing with Jesse's dad wanting Jesse to take over the family exterminator business. Joey's dad is all like, you could have made something of yourself. You could have went to West Point. You could have followed in my footsteps and joined like the military or the army or the air force or what have you. Like he thinks a man's worth is only only as good if he goes into the service. And Joey stands up for himself. He's like, what's important to me is what I'm doing now, Dad. Yeah, and he says, I'm making people laugh. You know, I'm also running my own production company. I'm helping Danny raise his three girls. You know, I'm not just living with him for funs and giggles. I'm helping him. I was there when his wife passed away. And I didn't hesitate for a second to jump, to move in and help him out. I like how he kind of puts this out there as kind of a jab at his dad. It's like, let me tell you something. And I would never miss one of their dance recitals or plays or any of that stuff. And he's saying that because, you know, with his dad being in the service, yes, his dad missed out on a lot of his life. And Joey, if I, if he, he even said in season five, like, to Michelle, or no, in season six, when um, Teddy moves away, he explained to Michelle that his dad was in the army or the military or whatever, so they had to move around. He had to make friends all the time. He had to leave friends behind. He had to, you know, make new friends. It was a struggle. But then again, his dad's in the service. His dad's going to be away constantly, missing out on a lot of Joey's life. So I could, I was thinking about this the other day after I got groceries. Joey's parents, yes, they are divorced. And I think the fact of the matter is that distance like that can change a relationship. And sometimes people do decide to go their separate ways. But with Joey's mom, she and Joey are like two peas in a pod. But I feel that she decided it was best for Joey, for his own personal growth and development, to have some stability in his life and just stay in one place so that way he's not always moving around and clearly you know his, his dad his dad's got to go where he's being sent that's just how it is so I can imagine that you know it, ju it just feels like Joey's just never been able to please his dad no matter what he does and Joey even says how that's how he you know in the Joey's funny Valentine episode. He says, I had a hard time making friends, but my comedy was what helped me make friends. Just being like 
the class clown or, you know, that's how I got attention and everything like that. You know, that's why I tried to, that's how I tried to make friends is by making jokes. And also sometimes I get that they say like sometimes people make jokes when, you know, they don't know how to properly express correct emotion. I know sometimes... It just seems like some uh, an emotion, something that you revert to, like, oh, this situation's making me un uncomfortable, maybe make a light joke, you know, I don't know. I don't do that, you know, really much, but it's just, I don't know. Yeah, he even says, and I will never miss one of their soccer games. Well, DJ hasn't played soccer in a bit, I don't think Stephanie ever will, and, well, he will be coaching Michelle's soccer team in season seven so but joey's getting it all off his chest his resentment his frustration his anger everything that's been building up since he was a kid that he has stored away for this moment to finally tell his dad what he thinks because in a way maybe joey does feel like his dad abandoned him even though his dad was in the service he's like well i mean those things never mattered to you his father turns around and says are you finished? And Joey turns his head and says, no. Joey is bringing up these accomplishments that are at least a decade or more old. It's like, Dad, you missed my winning goal at the hockey tournament. You never saw me play the elf in my third grade play. Third grade Christmas play. He's like, that's too bad, because I made one heck of an elf. I was the De Niro of elves, Dad. In third grade? Well, I guess. But then again, I mean, honestly, he's got a great relationship with his mom, even though his mom won't be able to be there because she's in Disney World as, you know, goofy. But he always has, but I think what he wanted is he wanted that attention from his, you know, that's his dad. He wants his dad to be supportive of him. He wants his dad to be able to witness the times in his life that were important to him, that he felt successful and and happy and everything like that. And his father asks, are you finished now? And Joey says, yeah. And Joey says, but I gotta admit that felt good to get that off my chest. And his father says, well, I'm glad your little outburst made you feel better. He says, goodbye, Joseph. And he walks out. Oh no. He's about to go on stage. Now he's angry and this hurt and all of these emotions. And it's like he's supposed to go up on stage and open for Wayne Newton. This could have waited till after. I mean, granted, he would have been in a celebratory mood, but at least he wouldn't have this dark cloud hanging over his head right before he's about to go out on stage and entertain people with his comedy. Dad, what are you doing here? I got a message you really, really, really wanted me. You did? I thought it was rather cute. Having your personal secretary's call. Now, there was a Miss Janet Abdul. Oh, outside of the office, they call me DJ. And there was Barbie Dollenbear. <laughs> Joseph, I'm getting the feeling you had no idea I was coming. Well, Dad, uh... It was my idea. I'm sorry, it was supposed to be a fun surprise. Well, you fun surprised me. 
Uh, Dad, you remember Danny, don't you? Right. The skinny kid with the clean shoes. You were my inspiration, sir. Spit and polish. Although, here's a helpful hint. With a little more polish, you can avoid using all that icky spit. Thanks, Danny. Uh, this is my friend and business partner, Jesse Katsopoulos. Nice to meet you, son. Put on a tie. No. Nice to meet you, sir. No. <laughs> well, girls, why don't we let Joey and his dad get reacquainted? Let's get to our table before we miss Joey's show. But Joey's right here. Good point. I'll think of a better excuse on the way. Dad, this is so great. I, I can't believe you're here. I can't believe I'm here either. Especially since you didn't invite me. Well, you can't blame me for thinking you wouldn't come. I mean, I've been doing stand-up for 11 years, and you've never seen me work. You call telling jokes work? Joseph, you were a smart young man. You could have gone to West Point, done something important with your life. What's important to me is what I'm doing right now, Dad. I I'm making people laugh. I'm running my own production company. I I'm helping Danny raise his three kids. And let me tell you something. I will never miss one of their dance recitals. And I will never miss one of their soccer games. But that kind of stuff never mattered to you. Are you finished? No. Dad, you missed my winning goal at the junior hockey tournament. You never saw me play the elf in my third grade Christmas play. And it's too bad, because I made one heck of an elf. I, I was the De Niro of elves, Dad. Are you finished now? Yeah. I gotta admit, it felt good to get that off my chest. I'm glad your little outburst made you feel better. Goodbye, Joseph. So Joey, as he's walking on stage, does a Popeye impression. Of course, he does the classic, cut it out. <laughs> and the way that he is his delivering this is just, it's almost like, because you know no one in the audience has ever heard of him. So, um, but the way it's like he's been on the circuit for a long time. It's almost like the presence that he gives off is like he's a well-known comic that everyone just absolutely adores and just thinks the world. Well, I mean, his family adores him and thinks the world of him, but it's just like, it's just, I love how he handles the crowd. Like he already knows him. They know him and he just, he's comfortable. He's in his elements and it's just great. I like this. Of course, he says, you know, this is my first time playing Las Vegas. He's like, oh, what a town. In the same night, you can get married, divorced, lose your life savings, and still go home happy because, hey, you had that 19-cent shrimp cocktail. Of course, Danny, Jesse, and the girls are <laughs> along with everyone else. Part of me kind of wonders if this audience is... Like, they're watching and reacting to something else and not Joey. Not that Joey's not funny, because he can be. But it just feels like they're they're laughing to some, some other person. Like, this is just a... But then again, I mean, you have the family there. So, I, I don't know. I don't know. 
So we do see outside Colonel Gladstone probably mentioning something like, that's my son up on stage. Can I just, I think he's kind of watching in the wings, kind of off stage watching Joey. So of course this wasn't expected. He kind of throws this into his act last minute. He's like, oh, what am I doing here? Oh yeah, comedy. You see, I just had a long talk with my dad. So he starts pulling his putting his dad into his act. You see that Danny and Jesse kind of look at each other like, oh boy. Yeah, like, girl, you really shouldn't have done this. So we learn that Joey's dad is a military man and Joey kind of gives a little backstory into what it was like growing up with a father who was in the military. Just strict rules, severe discipline, buzz cuts. I makes a joke about, oh, when I was six months old, he sent me off to booty camp. Oh, yeah, I learned how to crawl under barbed wire. He mentions a camouflage diaper. Aw. And we do see his father. Oh, his father's not waiting off state. No, his father's just kind of off to the side of uh, where those half moon tables are. Kind of just looking at him like, uh-huh, uh. He mentions, and then Joey mentions about, oh, the first time he took us on our first cross-country cross trip. See, that's like a tongue twister. Try to say cross-country ten times. Oh, yeah. <laughs> He's like, yeah, that was a tough march with that 40-pound pack. We cut to DJ and uh, Stephanie laughing. Oh, Joey refers to them as brush cuts. He's like, everyone in our family had to get brush cuts. Even Grandma. <laughs> you just see <laughs> Jesse just literally busting a gut. <laughs> he's laughing so hard. And even even Danny. <laughs> and he's like, oh, poor Grandma. She hated playing bingo with that half inch of blue hair. And Colonel Gladstone, Gladstone kind of, he looks at the reaction of the audience just applauding him and just whistling and just laughing and having a good time. And it's like, yeah, I mean, sure, your son is making jokes at, you know, your expense in a way, but I mean, people are just eating this up. Of course, Joey has to mention how he is a single guy. He's like, I'm a single guy, which is great. We hear some wolf whistles. <laughs> oh, yeah, he's talking about, yeah, it's one thing to be a cool single guy, but then you got to deal with other cool single guys who actually wobble their head when they talk, when they try to pick up women. He's like, you know, these kind of guys, like if you're at a bar and a party, a mixed social environment. Cut to the reaction of the audience. This one lady, she's like, "Oh yeah, I know all yeah." Uh-huh. <laughs> and then he, he brings up the whole funny gun pointing thing, where they like <laughs> recognize somebody they know. Oh my goodness! Oh so, yeah, he's got all oh, got the trigger finger. He's got the head wobble going on. It's like, ugh, just an impersonation. And of course, this is the '90s and stuff like that. So you're just like, "Oh my gosh, take me." <laughs> audience we see some couple that looks like they're kind of got their head turned like they're looking <laughs> off of the side <laughs> like they didn't get the best seats in the house like uh we're kind of over here in the corner we're we'll have to turn our head way over there like yeah he said something funny 
said about someone's head was wobbling so much, his head flew right off. Like, that is the coolest guy I've ever seen. Oh, he does a pose like, oh, thank you very much, everyone. You've been a great audience. Just like, hey, you see me walking through the casino, just know that I take tips. Oh, my gosh. Oh, an amazing applause. I wonder if he'll get a standing ovation. Oh, look it, look it, look it. Wayne Newton's coming on stage, and Joey has no idea. Yeah, Wayne Newton's like, ah, Joey Gladstone, everybody. Isn't he fantastic? Fantastic. And everyone's just applauding. So... Wayne Newton puts an arm around you like, I really want to thank you for filling in on such short notice. And you're a lot funnier than, funnier than the Arison chimps. So he's like, oh, and you left the stage a lot cleaner anyway. And I do apologize about the uh, bananas in your dressing room. I do it with Joey and Wayne. <laughs> Talk to Shane. Joey gets a little carried away. Like, okay, buddy. Okay. Sharing the stage is over. Time to let me have the... Yeah. Your performance is done. Mine is starting. This was fun and all, but okay. Exit stage left. <laughs> he's like, he's like, ease up, ease up, ease up. You're, you're getting a little carried away, buddy. Mr. Newton, sir. <laughs> oh, yeah, Wayne's like, okay, let's say goodnight now and a big round of applause for Joey Gladstone. And gentlemen, Joey Gladstone. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, this is my first time playing Las Vegas. Boy, uh, what a town. In the same night, you can get married, divorced, lose your entire life savings, and still go home happy because, hey, you had that 19 cent shrimp cocktail. You know? It's, uh... Thank you. Oh, come on. Cut it. So, let's see, why am I here? Uh, oh, comedy. Sorry, I kind of lost my, uh, my train of thought. I just had a long talk with my, uh, my dad backstage. Uh, don't get a chance to see my dad too much these days. Uh, he was a military man. It's kind of strange growing up when your father is a person in the military. You know, I remember when I was six months old, he sent me off to booty camp. That was kind of fun. <laughs> yeah, I learned to crawl under uh, barbed wire. Yeah, that was kind of weird. Had that little camouflage diaper. That was kind of cute. Uh, yeah, I remember he took us on our first family vacation. It was a cross-country trip, and uh, it was a tough march with that 40-pound pack, you know? My... I remember everybody in our family had to get uh, brush cuts, even Grandma. Yeah, it was... Uh... Boy, poor Graham, she hated playing bingo with that half-inch of blue hair, you know? It was... Uh... Yeah. So I'm a, uh, I'm a single guy, which is great, but uh, thank you. Uh, come on. Which is great being a single guy, but the only problem is you have to deal with other single guys, especially cool guys. You know the kind of guys I'm talking about, guys who actually wobble their head because they think it looks cool. You know these guys, if you're in a bar or any kind of, you know, in a party, any kind of mixed social environment, these are the guys walking around like this. You know, whenever they recognize somebody, they'd always do that phony gunpoint thing. It's like... 
Hey, how's it going? What's that? I'm slime. <laughs> I don't, uh, I don't think you realize I'm wobbling my head right now. Some guys, you know, they think they're cool. They just don't seem to have that head coordination down properly. They're going up to women like, hey, how's it going? <laughs> yeah, I was at a bar once. This guy's head flew right off. I went, that is the coolest guy I've ever seen in my life. Thank you very much, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you. Thank you very much, Las Vegas. Remember, if you see me walking through the casino, I take tips. Good night. Thank you. Thank you! Oh! You're a little better than I thought. Thank you, Cole. Thank you! Thank you! Oh. Whoa! Wayne Newton! Joy Gladstone, isn't he fantastic? I also want to thank you for filling on such short notice, and I must admit that you're a lot funnier than the Arison chimps. And, uh, and you left the, uh, the stage a lot cleaner, too. I do apologize. Uh, I apologize for all the bananas in your dressing room. <laughs> so with that in mind, let me say, Dunk of shame, Joey Dunk of shame. <coughs> help me out, help me out. Thank you for all the joy and pain. Talk of Shane to my new pal Wayne. Hey, I'm insane, Wayne. You're to blame. Talk of Shane. Hey, he's up, he's up, he's up, he's up, he's up. Sorry, um, sorry, Mr. Newton, sir. I guess I got a little carried away there. Don't worry about it. Let's take it from the top. Talk is Let's say good night. Yeah. A big round of applause. Thank you. Jay Gladstone. Thank you. Thank you. I love you, Las Vegas. Thank you. Joey's walking off the stage. The familiar sound cue is the same one that we get during the twin competition in season six when Jesse has Nikki and Alex, who were toddlers at the time, dressed in matching white Elvis suits. And it, it's just, I'm like, I recognize that. <laughs> Actually, because I haven't done the episode yet, I'll be doing that for Jesse's career journey series that will pretty much take place over June and July because there's a lot of that. Basically his music career episodes from season one's Mad Money all the way up to season eight's <laughs> um, trying to think of the episode. It's the one with the hot daddy and the monkey puppets and they're going on a small like tour to some dive bar that is expecting the polka puppies or something and <laughs> Viper and DJ's relationship turns out is they're found out 
That episode is season eight, episode seven, on the road again. Okay. And now we're all back in Joey's dressing room. They're all toasting. The girls have apple juice. Maybe the guys have apple juice, too, or they have champagne. They're all toasting to Joey's awesome performance. So, yeah. (laughs) Stephanie's like, uh, apple juice toast to my man and yours, the most fabulous, amazing Joey Gladstone. And DJ says, we got to get Stephanie out of Vegas. I think they're all drinking apple juice. So Joey says, ah, what a night. I finally played Vegas. It was a big hit, and I got to sing with Wayne Newton. Yeah, he's like, I actually sang on stage with Wayne Newton. Well, there's something to cross off your bucket list. And here's the sour patch that ruins the evening. It was quite a night. (laughs) Colonel Gladstone makes his, uh... Presence known. Like, uh, did it just get colder in here? Anyone else want to go sh- check out the buffet? And leave Joey to deal with this situation with his dad? Joey's surprised, like, Dad, you're still here? He, he, he the way his, his dad left, like, goodbye, Joseph. And he walks out, like, he's leaving, like, okay, like, I'm not going to be here for your performance. It's like, oh, wow, Dad, oh, you stayed? You saw my performance? Oh! Colonel Gladstone clears the room. He's like, may I have a word with my son? So Danny's like, you know, we should celebrate. You know, this is our uh, night in Vegas here. I mean, there's got to be a miniature golf course somewhere in this town that's open right now. Take him to the buffet. I don't even know what time it is. No one's having a buffet at 9.30 at night. (laughs) even more. He's like, oh, I got to work on the windmill shot of mine. (laughs) Goodbye, sir. Or Jesse actually salutes Colonel Gladstone as he walks out of the room. Dressing room number two. That is Joey's dressing room. So Joey's a little nervous because he knows, you know, putting his dad in his act like, oh, I don't know how my dad's going to respond to this. Like, oh, dad, you uh, saw my show? And his dad says, I did. And Joey is nervous. So you heard all those jokes I made about you. And his dad says, some of them were actually funny. And Joey is surprised. He's like, you laughed? And dad, I love his dad's response. I will. Later. On the, on, the, on the plane ride home or on the car ride home, I'm sure he's going to be like, ah! oh, my God. oh, my son. Oh, he definitely has me pegged. Oh. <laughs> yeah, I could definitely see. In the privacy of his own home, he's just going to just, yeah. Of course, right now we need to talk. So his dad says, I thought about what you said earlier. And even though your mother and I were divorced, he says, I should have been around more while you were growing up. So he starts, it's almost like he's trying to guilt Joey. He's like, you know, it wasn't easy being stationed in this area and that area and getting my monthly reports that you were goofing off in school and demonstrating a complete lack of discipline. So... He says, tells him, you know, when I came home, I thought you needed structure and authority. You know, not a pal. And that's the thing, you know, he and Joey could have had a good relationship, but sometimes it's the whole, you know, the, the whole saying of don't bring your work home with you. And it's the thing is, I think he's so regimented and ruled by his position 
that that's how he rules his household. And maybe that is true for others that, you know, served in, in the service and everything like that. Like, yeah, that is how they, they act once, you know, on the base and off the base. That's just how, you know, that, that discipline and everything. And they expect, you know, rules to be followed and, Everyone's yeah, you're treating them. Thank goodness they only had the one one kid, cause hey. <laughs> Joey says I could have used a pal, and the thing is, yes, Joey's father was should have been a, a role model and you know someone that he could talk to. I mean, you know, at some point Joey he's gonna get older, he's gonna have questions, you know, that mom can't answer, or it's just uncomfortable for him to to come to his mom about, and you know. This man does not look like someone that you would want to broach the subject of uh, pre-teen or teenage dilemmas that come up. Was he around there to teach Joey how to shave, to drive a car? And all his dad focuses on is what Joey did wrong. Like cutting up in school, goofing off, getting sent to the principal's office, and just... Like, once I get there, you know, I'll rule my hand, the household with my hand and uh, iron fist. And so, Joey's dad also says, you know, me too. You know, I could have used a pal too. It's like, yeah, he's mourning for what could have been, what relationship they could have had a better relationship. If the, if his father, you know, he's like, if I had just been around more and if I hadn't have been so stern with the discipline and and the structure and all that. I mean, what kind of relationship can you have with your parent or said, you know, parent to child if the child doesn't even feel comfortable coming to you about things or feeling that they even can approach you with an issue for fear of how you're going to react? And it's one thing to be uncomfortable because it's an uncomfortable topic, but I mean, in general... Just little things that come up. And his dad says, you know, I feel we could have been great buddies. It's like, yeah, you could have. If you'd have treated your son like a son and not a soldier. And if you think about it in a way, because yes, his parents were divorced. That his mom in a way was not just mom, but she also had to play the part of dad in a way as well. And... Joey probably did miss out on that, you know, male bonding, you know, time that he got with his, his father and everything. It's just, you know, through the seasons of the show, you do get glimpses, especially in season one, you get glimpses into what Joey's childhood was like. Just, you know, the lonesomeness of being an only child, of his parents fighting and arguing all the time. And eventually, yes, they did get divorced. And maybe that's the thing. His mom, you know, was... You know, uh, you use humor, humor to deflect, you know, certain emotions and maybe to make Joey feel better. Maybe that's how Joey kind of developed his comedy was basically to use it as a form of a way to make friends, to cheer people up, to diffuse tense situations. <laughs> I get what Joey's saying. When his dad is like, well, after all, you do have my sense of humor. 
And <laughs> Joey's like, uh, Dad, <laughs> uh, you are many things, but uh, Mr. Funny Pants is not one of them. <laughs> the audience is like, even, and even Joey's like, oh, Dad, you do not get to take credit for this at all. He's like, <laughs> he's about ready to lay into his father. He's like, <laughs> Dad, uh, no disrespect intended, but uh, like, yeah, you are not exactly Mr. Funny Pants because they're both kind of sitting on the couch there. He's like, hey, don't you remember when you were three? You know, that's not true. Don't you remember when you were three and you had, you know, chicken pox? Three with chicken pox? Yeah, because in season one, he's all like, well, I never had chicken pox. I'm immune. He's not going to remember when he was three if he's, like, 32 years old. So, if that's the case, and Joey already had chicken pox, then what did he have in season one? Shingles? The adult version of chicken pox? I hear that is, like, that is, like, the most painful. I, I've heard from people that have had shingles. Older people, at least, like, 55, 60... 70, 89, whatever, and older who have had it, that it is a very, very painful experience that you would not want to go through it. He says, we watched cartoons together for two weeks. It took them two weeks to get over the chicken pox? How long, let, let me check this out. How long does it actually take to get over chicken pox? I thought it was at least a week. So, yeah, according to the internet, it says chickenpox is common and mostly affects children, but you can get it at any age. Usually gets better by itself after one to two weeks. So, yeah, right around one to two weeks. Chickenpox will usually last about five to ten days before the symptoms pass. Of course, it is very highly contagious. Oh, I can't believe it. Dad, you watched cartoons? He's like, his dad, like, jumps up, like, hey, who who do you think taught you how to do Popeye? And his dad does the most worst impression of Popeye I have ever seen in my life. It's not even close to Popeye. If he didn't say it was Popeye, you wouldn't know who he's trying to impersonate. So, yeah, just like, and Joey, I thought he's like, Dad, no, 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 no. Let me show you how, you, you don't, let me show you how to do Popeye the right way. He's like, wow, blow me down. <laughs> Joey says, I'm really glad you came tonight, Dad. It's like, yes, this has made Joey's year. Now, odds are we probably won't see them getting together hardly. We don't, we do not see Colonel Gladstone ever again. Aww. He says, me too, son. I was proud of you. Aww. And Joey says, thanks, Dad. I think that is, like, one of the things that every child wants to hear from, or whether they're young or an adult, every child, I'm sure, wants their parent to be proud of them in, in some way. And Joey says, I wish we could have had this night a long time ago. And his dad, you know, is open to making a fresh start now. Like, hey, why don't we make it a regular thing? You know, every, you know, once a month we can get together, we can go, you know, when your schedule's open, we can go golfing, we can go out to eat, we can just, you know, come on and just hang out. Joey says, I love you, Dad. Oh, it just, oh my God, this just melts my heart. It really, really does. Joey's finally able to say all of the, he, he got out all the anger and frustration he'd been carrying around for years. He finally gets to have this moment with his dad that he never got to really growing up. 
And his father says, I love you too, son. Oh, I love how his dad initiates the hug. He's like, come here, come here. Oh, oh, oh it's so sweet. I'm crying. I love how he's going to critique him. Like, dad, you know that uh, Popeye laugh you did? <laughs> it wasn't a, uh, it wasn't good. <laughs> Let me help you out. But his dad almost told me, what? What do you mean it wasn't good? It's like, no, no, dad, it was close, but here, here, let me help you out. He's like, you gotta do the, ah, go, 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 you own the Adam's apple. Yeah, there you go, yeah, you got it. And that's pretty much the end of the episode, but here's the clip. Apple juice toaster, my name is yours, the very lovely and talented Joey We've Gotta get her out of Vegas. The Joey. played Vegas. It was a big hit, and I actually sang on stage with Wayne Newton. It was quite a night. Dad, you're still here? May I have a word with my son? You know, we should celebrate. After all, this is Las Vegas, the most exciting city in the world. It's got to be a miniature golf course open somewhere. <laughs> got to work on that windmill shot of mine, you know, a little... Dad, you, you saw my show? Yes, I did. You heard all those jokes I made about you. Some of them were actually funny. You laughed? I will. Later. <laughs> right now, we need to talk. I thought about what you said earlier. Even though your mother and I were divorced, I should have been around more while you were growing up. Joseph, it wasn't easy being stationed in some godforsaken place and getting my monthly reports that you were goofing off and demonstrating a, a complete lack of discipline. When I came home, I felt you needed structure and authority, not a pal. I could have used a pal. Me too. I think we could have been great buddies. After all, you do have my sense of humor. No disrespect intended, Dad, but you aren't exactly Mr. Funny Pants. Well, that's not true. Don't you remember when you were three and had chicken pox? We watched cartoons together for two weeks. You watched cartoons? Who do you think taught you how to do Popeye? <laughs> well, blow me down. <laughs> I'm really glad you came tonight, Dad. Me too, son. I was proud of you. Thanks, Dad. You know, I, uh, I wish we could have had this night a long time ago. Well, maybe we can make a fresh start now. I love you, Dad. I love you too, son. You know, Dad, that, that Popeye laugh that you did, really, it wasn't good. <laughs> I mean, it's close. You just need a little work, you know, on the, the hot, 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 the Adam's apple there.
right. Well, that is the episode. I hope you all enjoyed it. Time for my uh, best and worst outfits of the episode. You guys already know that I'm giving the best outfit to Jesse with the burgundy-ish, you know, suit jacket and matching pants. Worst outfit, they put Jody Sweden in a lot of fuchsia shirts, and it's just, uh, no, thank you. Uh, it's some weird paint design thing. I don't know what they just, uh, it's just not a good look. I don't like it. You know, fuchsia's okay, but when you're slapping on, like, different, you know, uh, it's just some weird design with, like, a gold chain, like, draped across your, it's just, it's unpleasant to look at. I don't like it. It's like, come on now. Tanner Teachable moment for this episode, honestly, is just going to be, um, kind of along the similar, you know, and I'm going to say this, I liked this episode in regards to the father-son talk that Joey and his father had. I like it a bit better and it's more satisfying than what Jesse and his father had. Where his father said, you know, Jesse's father says, I'm never going to accept what you do for a living. I'm never going to be proud of that. And it just feels... Ugh. But Joey and his dad, years and years of just pent-up hurt from Joey... And just, his relationship really, granted, yes. I mean, one conversation is not going to be something that's going to fix the relationship 100%. It does take work, maybe going and, you know, spending time together, going out golfing, going out to eat, going out, you know, for a couple drinks, what have you. Just, you know, shooting the whatnot and just, uh, just chatting, just like, hey. What I got going on right now, Dad? How are you doing? You know, just, or even a, you know, a nice place phone call, just checking in, making sure things are good, all that. So, it's, it's, they've cleared the air, they've said what they needed to say, they've gotten past it, and now we can only go further with this, so... I just, it just, it felt more satisfying and rewarding than Jesse and his father. You know, his dad, you know, Joey's father accepted what his son, you know, does, and Jesse, he says he's proud of him. Proud of what he's, he's become, what he's doing and everything. The only thing that Nick said he was proud of Jesse for was going and dropping his whole life and moving in with Danny and helping him raise the girls. Not for his music, not for his advertising jingle that he just uh, scored, but for, I mean, totally unrelated. Like, I'm never going to be accepting of your dreams of this music hobby that you got. And it's just, but anyway, yeah, that's just a Tanner Teachable moment. It's just, it's always good at some point to clear the air, to say what needs to be said. Because if you let things build up over time, it just, 
it's it's not healthy and nothing good can be said about holding on to past hurts resentments any of that sometimes it's good to just be able to clear the air and start fresh you can always you can start anew or sometimes it's best best to just close the book and say I said what I needed to say clearly neither of us can go forward with this so we just kind of do you know our own thing or however and guys I'm not giving you advice on how to handle the situation I'm just giving my own experience of what I took from this episode so pretty much just you know take it with a grain of salt or however you want to do everyone just can make your own decisions and your choices based on yeah so all right um with that being said the next <laughs> Sorry, guys, it's like going on 11 o'clock in the morning. <laughs> um, so the next series I do have planned. You probably have heard me talk about it. It's my, if you want to skip it, you can do that for the month of May. I just, I kind of wanted to get these episodes out. Or, or, I could do this, or we could try something different. I can do another double feature for May. Hold off on the not so great of season eight. The double feature I was thinking of, and I still don't have a creative title for it, but it would be season one, just one of the guys, and season seven's kissing cousins. I think I might just do that and then maybe hold off on the not so great of season eight. Granted, this episode is not going to be out until, like, April. We also have, of course, for the month of May, we have Bob Saget's birthday, A Date with Fate. I'll be covering that episode. April, of course, is Jody. Jody already had a birthday in January. Excuse me. Candace Cameron Bure has a birthday in early April. I am covering Girls Just Want to Have Fun. So, look forward to that. So, I'm just kind of on the fence about what I want to do. I think part of me is thinking double feature again. Just because I think I might go that route just because June and July with Jesse's musical career journey is literally going to be, it's going to cover all of June, all of July. So, I think that is the route I am going to take. I know, like I said, when I put up that podcast schedule for 2022, 2023. I did mention things would change. They're not set in stone. So I think looking at it from what I got here, I think that's what we are going to do. We got, yes, the not so great of season eight would have DJ's choice, Air Jesse up on the roof. And, of course, we have Jesse's career journey, which is going to take place in June. We have Mad Money. We have The King and I. We have Played Again Jesse. We also have, like I said, A Date with Fate in honor of Bob Saget's birthday. 
June, uh, b -b 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 excuse me, um, July is going to be Captain Video Parts 1 and 2, Road to Tokyo, and On the Road Again. And then, of course, we have the two Mary-Kate and Ashley Olsen episodes, Michelle a la carte, and The Bicycle Thief. So it's going to be a crazy month with a lot of stuff coming up the pike. So I think we will do just another double feature for the month of May. It's just, it's going to be a lot easier that way. And then towards the end, we will just do right before the um, finale episodes, like the month before, I will knock out the not so great of season A. I'll save that for the very end so we can get to all the good, 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 good ones. So, all right. Again, guys, I want to thank you for listening, listening to this podcast, whether you've listened since April 2019 when I started the podcast. Or if you're just now tuning in, know that I really appreciate you all tuning in and enjoying the podcast. Also, leaving your reviews on iTunes, messaging me on the Facebook podcast page. It just it melts my heart so much. Thank you so, so much. Have a great, great weekend. And if you want to email the podcast, you can do so at omhcfhfhpodcast at gmail.com. Bye-bye.